So, any, uh, any unique uh, New Year's resolutions that just different for you? Anybody? Unique? Unique one? Has anybody added flossing to the list again this year? No? Nobody wants to share a unique one? Okay. Well, we're starting a new series today, and uh, it's not a New Year's series in a sense where it's not one of those series that kind of, you know, plugs away at resolutions or those kind of specific changes. And uh, we're starting a new series today called Mosaic and and really wanted to explore uh, something that we often don't explore uh, in our gatherings and, and maybe even sometimes shy away from. Uh, in terms of our conversations, and we want to explore the idea of brokenness. And we want to start the year a little bit differently this year, not wanting to start the year broken, but start the year exploring brokenness. And here's the reason why. Probably for the last 12 or 18 months, uh, I've heard stories from people, more often than I expected to hear, I came across these stories of brokenness. Uh, stories of people walking through difficult seasons, uh, walking through diff- difficult scenarios, walking through things sometimes that was part of you know, an outflow of their decisions and sometimes it was just their circumstance. And more often than I expected, I came across these stories. And you know, interestingly enough, it wasn't just from people that were far from God. And that's sometimes kind of the default thing. Well, you know, if you know Jesus or if you follow Jesus or if God is in your life, then, well, then you're never going to experience brokenness. And it didn't come from people far from God, and it didn't necessarily come from people who made uh, horrible decisions. It often, some of these stories, what what surprised me and really helped me uh, learn a few things is that it was coming from mature followers of Jesus, from people who were following Jesus for many, many years, People who have uh, learned and grown from God's wisdom in their life and applied that to their life in a variety of various uh, positive ways. In fact, some of the stories, some of the people, if I would tell you their names, because some of them are even part of our church, you would say, oh, these are people that like I, I admire or that I would model my life after or I've sought advice from or wisdom from. And it was these people that I'd hear some of these stories from with struggles, relational struggles, wounds um, from the past or recently that they've been uh, working through or struggling through. Sometimes uh, some of them just feeling like they have a crushed spirit. Some are working through issues like anxiety or depression um, or certain types of mental illness. And what I came to realize and what I want to get across today, if there's one thing we get across, and this is kind of the whole theme of, of this morning's talk is this. There are broken people among us. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. We can all go home now. (laughs) There are broken people among us. And often, I or we or you, we don't notice. Or no one sees this. Or we choose not to see it or worry about it. A couple of months ago, uh, we have a little car. It's a 2008 Yaris, and uh, we call it a little tank because, like, you just you change the oil and the thing goes, and you never have to do anything with it. So you think. So, um, so it was making a small noise, and uh, I let the noise continue. And in good David fashion, I just ignored it. I'm like, ah, whatever. It's gonna it's gonna go away, and nothing's gonna happen to me. And so this noise, uh, you know, I figured it can't be so bad. And one day I'll get it fixed. So one day I, I'm backing out of my driveway, and I hear that noise, and and uh, 
um, over time, I've kind of like a belt was kind of loose and I would fix it and things like that. But then I, I let this noise go on a little too long, backing out of my driveway. And now this noise is like indisputably bad. Like it's really, really bad. Like, like my little Yaris engine, I kind of see going like, like it's kind of moving like this in front. And I'm like, this can't be good. But again, in David fashion, I'm like, whatever, I'm just going to go to my appointment. And so I start driving down the street and it starts being like, like really bad. I'm about 500 meters away from my house. I'm like, I don't want to be left on sources with, this, with my engine on the floor. I think I should just go back home, park in my driveway and take care of it from there. And so I call um, this mechanic that's local and I explain everything to him. And he's like, don't you dare drive that car anywhere. I'm like, yeah, but you're not far. I can drive to your house. He says, don't drive, don't drive that car, not even like a kilometer. So I checked. He says, tow it here. So I call CAA, and it just fit within their five-kilometer free towing. Isn't that awesome? Like, it's five kilometers, and his place was 4.8 kilometers. Wow, what an amazing... See, when God provides for you... Anyways, so, um, so anyways, it gets, it gets towed. The car gets towed, towed there. Here's the thing. That noise that day was a very, very clear sign that something was broken, right? And I was very fortunate in a sense that the noise was noticeable, that it would even get my attention that I often ignore things, right? It would get my attention to stop and say, I got to fix this thing. But what often happens, and I know you do this with other things in your life, and especially with cars at times, well, maybe just you do, you don't, and I'm the only one who does, but there's stuff going on, and we don't really know about it. We don't detect it, right? There's a bearing, there's like a a belt that's a little loose, there's tire pressure, bad alignment, low fluids, but we just keep going, and we never pay attention. And what we don't notice is underneath everything, things are wearing out, and things are getting more broken, and slowly, slowly, it deteriorates the car. And... I think that most of our brokenness, most of the brokenness in our lives, in our community, is kind of like that, where it's not always the kind of brokenness that completely stops us, that is so noticeable that you have to stop, especially that day, and do something about it. Often the kind of brokenness is the kind of things like in our car where we just ignore, we don't hear it too much, we're like, it's, it's, it's going to get okay. Where the broken stuff inside us has not outright stopped us, but it slowly drains us, and it slowly hinders life to the fullest. You know, Frank Frank and I, my wife and I have been uh, married for several years, and we can look back and, and look at seasons of our life, both as a couple and individually, where there was brokenness in a sense, seasons where we were dealing with things that um, man, we really needed to deal with and issues that were coming up either in our marriage that we needed to work through or individually as people. There was four or five years ago where, where my wife, um, she was working through a season of burnout, just feeling very burned out. And here's the thing. When I look back to that season, it wasn't necessarily some of the things leading up to that were probably things that would not have completely outright stopped her. But among us and among people that see my wife and things that would be like, oh, really? No, that can't be that, you know, Franca would have been dealing with that or struggling with that. Because the belt didn't just stop. And it didn't force us to just do something about it or notice it or tell people. And I'm just wondering, have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like that? Do you ever, do you feel like that right now? Where... There's stuff going on in your life, in your heart, 
Maybe it's a season of brokenness. Maybe there's something that feels like it's broken inside, but it hasn't outright stopped you. And so you don't do much about it. You don't let others know. See, with, I, this is what I feel. With all the good that Christianity and the church is, and, and I'm a firm believer in the Christian faith. We're a Christian church. We love Jesus. We preach the gospel. We, we want people to come to faith in Christ. We believe in the saving grace of Jesus. And with all the good that's in Christianity and the church, and I'm optimistic about the church, there's, I'm just so excited. When I said later that this year is ripe with opportunity, I mean it with all my heart. I'm hopeful how God's going to use his church in our city and around the world. But there's a problem that arises within Christian circles and sometimes within the church as well. And the problem is this, is that when we often preach this abundant life that Jesus promises, John 10.10, that you will have life and life to the fullest. And it is a promise and it is something we grow towards and it is something that the, the work of the Spirit does in our lives. What can happen is we can tend to pretend that we're experiencing that life 24-7. Or we can tend to project that we're experiencing that life 24-7. Or we don't want to believe that one of our friends or or colleagues or leaders in our church or someone we look up to actually could be dealing with something that doesn't fully reflect that abundant, growing life in Jesus in that season. And so we can get so focused for good reason, on salvation and witness and mission, that we're too afraid to show any of our brokenness under the hood, any of our brokenness that we're either dealing with or working through. We're afraid to show that maybe we still need help, or we still need healing, or we need support, or we need someone to walk with, or we need grace. And so as we kick off this series today, wanting to explore brokenness and how God works in that and works through us, Today's thought, today's idea that I really want us to come across and just literally take home with is this. There are broken people among us. There are broken people among us. Can we say that together? There are broken people among us. Let's say it like we really think that there are broken people among us. You ready? There are broken people among us. Now, I don't want you to necessarily look right away to your neighbor and say that and then assume that that's the case. Or, 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 but... You know what the reality is, is that statistically, there are people around you, maybe right in the chair in front of you or beside you, or maybe yourself included, that are one of those broken people. There are broken people among us. And the scripture affirms something we all need to live with every single day. We have to understand, not live with in terms of like live with it, but live in that understanding. And it's that humanity itself is broken. It's one of the key doctrines in in the Christian church. It's one of the key doctrines within the scriptures and the Christian life. That humanity is broken. That we live with a cracked feeling. If not constantly. I'm not saying that every moment of the day, like I wake up and I say, oh, I'm cracked. Or I wake up and I'm broken. Or I take a step or make a decision. But throughout our lives, we recognize there's this cracked feeling about our humanity. And it goes right back to Genesis 3, Genesis 1, 2, and 3, where, yes, God has created humanity in his image. This ability to grow in all that God has in store for us. But we read as, as the scriptures continue, as the Genesis account continues, that the story of the fall, this moment when Adam and Eve uh, sin, and this sense of brokenness starts there. And that's not the only... That's not the only cause of some of the things that we deal with. 
but we get a sense right from there that there's a brokenness in humanity. I want to just read uh, just, just this part of the story where, where Adam and Eve are tempted and uh, they, they basically um, you know, disobey God's command to not eat from a certain fruit. God says, don't do this. They do it anyways. Adam and Eve work through, do that. And then there's this response. And there's, there's a word that comes up. And here's the first response to, to Eve. To the woman, he, God says, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. And here's God's word to, to, to Adam. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate the fruit from the tree about which I command you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. Of course, we could take you know, this whole message and just do a theology of creation. But what I want to pull out here and understand here, in both scenarios, for Eve and for Adam, this word that pops up, did you see it? Pain. It's going to be painful. There's, there's, going to be, uh, there's going to be part of your experience, part of your humanity, part of your existence will be painful. And the scriptures describe this as, in a sense, we are cracked image bearers. Scott McKnight, um, one of my favorite New Testament authors, he uses the word icon instead of image. That we are cracked icons. We're an icon of God. When you see an icon, you see an image. And so this, it's the same word uh, in the Greek. And so he talks about it as cracked icons. And this is what he says when he talks about the fall of cre- in, uh, just post-creation. He says, the icon of God cracked and its glory quickly faded. Why? Because what was designed for one purpose started to unravel. And arms that Adam and Eve previously used for an embrace were now being used to push God and others away. The heart no longer yearned for God. The soul clothed itself with mortality. The mind became disordered and could no longer make clear sense of the world in which it lived. The search for sanity began. The body no longer contained itself. The will lost control. And the sweet communion of Adam and Eve stretched into a weak connection. Union with God was weakened. Communion with others was twisted. Life became mortal, and the glory faded. So here's this description of this initial brokenness that humanity experiences. But here's what happens to us. Even as Christ followers, we know that that brokenness overlaps, overflows into all other kinds of brokenness. And we still deal with that in some respect, even if we follow Jesus and he rules our life and leads our life. Because we live in a world where the brokenness overflows. And there's this residual effect over culture, over society, in terms of what it means to be broken. And, and I'm pretty certain we can either experience brokenness from within us, something going on inside of us, or outside of us, from our circumstances. Um, here's here's you know, some, some clear different reasons for brokenness. One, one reason that you know, maybe is the simpler one is cause and effect. I make a decision, I live out that decision. I act, there's a reaction. I step into something, if it wasn't something really healthy to step into, I'm going to experience the negative consequences of that. Sometimes that's brokenness. Someone makes bad financial choices or relationship choices, and then they, they live out the pain of what that is. That could be a brokenness that people experience. 
Another kind of brokenness is just circumstance, circumstance in effect. It's, our, it's my surrounding. It's your surrounding. You cannot often control your surrounding. I was just talking to someone, and they were telling me that they had to leave their job last year because the environment was so toxic. It was so toxic, they had to get out. So for them, every moment in that environment kept hurting them and bringing them down and destroying them and really just doing horrible things in their life. So it was circumstantial, their brokenness. What they lived out of that was circumstantial because their circumstances were toxic. Another reason is sometimes really what's going on inside of us. Some of us struggle Today, it's more common to understand even things like mental illness, things like anxiety, things like depression, things like wounds that we've experienced in the past and we've never really worked through or allowed God to come in and work in our lives. And so there's something from within us that we struggle with and we say we're broken. And you know, some of you are waiting for me to say, well, when you believe in Jesus, if you put your faith in Christ, your brokenness will be gone today. It's coming Sign here, I promise. It's all going to be gone. And yes, we believe, oh my gosh, we believe with all of our hearts that God restores and God renews and God transforms and God heals. Later in our series, we'll highlight a little bit of that, but there, there, it's true. There's broken, when broken people meet a broken Savior, broken on the cross for us, the potential for healing and transformation is so there, so beautiful for us. But here, here's the reality. Even for some who've come to faith in Christ, we live in between these times. These times of coming to faith in Christ, even this moment when Jesus Christ came into our world to what we call the new creation, what we call this moment where the scripture says there will be no tear, there will be no fears, there will be no brokenness. But we live in between these times. In, in the moment of saving grace, between the moment of of new creation, in the moment of salvation that God gives us in Christ, to the moment of the fullness of salvation one day in eternity, we live in between those times. Not everybody is living kingdom lives. I mean, man, we heard Phil talk about what's going on in in Iraq and and in these peace peace, kind of cohorts and and, and opportunities where, where these people are coming together. It's the kingdom of God is showing them there's a peaceful way forward. This is a beautiful pocket of God's kingdom. But we know that it's not all like this, right? The world around that is not all like that. You walk into the fire, you're going to get hit. And so we live in between the times. And I was thinking about this as like, kind of like a rainstorm, you know? Um, several years ago, a few, few friends and I, we went to see um, a U2 concert, and some of them are here today. And it was outside. It was at the Hippodrome and off to carry. And uh, as they were finishing their set, and then they went into this encore. If you were at the concert, at the, it started to pour. Like, I mean, it started to first rain a little bit, and then it started to pour. One of our friends had his phone in his pocket, and literally his phone, it was like a lake in his pocket, and his phone was just drenched. It was completely immersed in water. That's how fast the water came. And, I, and, and you know, some of us were going to just... D- d- uh, what, De La Savan Metro, some of us were going to Namur, some of us were getting picked up, some people were going for supper after. We all had a different destination, but you know what we all were? We were all wet. We were all wet. It didn't matter who was picking us up, where we were headed, it didn't matter what our destination was. In that moment, we all got caught in the rain. And in this moment, even if our destiny is new creation, We live within the times where often there's brokenness around us and it begins to affect us. 
couple of years ago, we read of a um, pretty famous Christian leader, Rick Warren, his son, took his life, late 20s. He struggled with, um, with suicidal thoughts. And it was a moment of grieving, you know. People looked up to this guy like Rick Warren, and they still do. He's a wonderful man, a wonderful Christian leader. And he shared the story, you know, that his son loved Jesus. His son is in God's kingdom. And Rick and his wife, Kay, they loved their son deeply and came around him all the time. But yet, his Depression took hold of him so much. That's, that's, that's in, a, in a mental or emotional state. You know, I was thinking about many people who sometimes get sick. I was thinking about my dad who, who loved Jesus from an early age of six years old and his eternities in Christ. But like in his early 60s, sickness took hold of him. He's blessed with a relationship with Jesus all his life. He's in Christ's presence, but cancer took him. There's a brokenness in our world and in between the times that sometimes is out of our control. And whether it's Rick Warren or my dad or somebody else, as Christians, we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. There is hope and peace. There is a beautiful future destiny for us. But that still sometimes leaves us with the reality that there are broken people among us. And we, at times, are one of them. So just for today, I want us to admit this. I want us to just acknowledge because it's so important for us as a, individually and as a church community to recognize there are broken people among us. You and I need to admit that. Because here's the reality. There's a degree of brokenness that you have had or will experience at some point in your life. I don't know to what degree. I don't know how. I don't know, you know exactly how that plays out, but That's very possible living within the time, in between the times. But not only you need it, someone else needs it. There's someone sitting beside you, someone in front of you, someone in our gathering, someone in our church community, someone in your network that needs you to acknowledge that there's broken people among us. And the reason is, is they need a community that recognizes that there's broken people among us. They need that. They need us to acknowledge that. They need you and I to acknowledge that. And we need them to acknowledge that. Here's the beautiful thing that we we understand as we read some of the prayers in Scripture, that God never expects you to hide your pain or brokenness. It doesn't mean that everybody you meet, you just tell them everything right away. Like, hi, Dave, how are you? Oh, my gosh. I'm not saying that every moment of the day you're letting everybody into every part of your life. But God does not expect you to hide your pain or brokenness. There's amazing language within the scriptures, in the Psalms, in the poems, in the prophets that show us how to be open about it. We obviously get the encouragement from Jesus and his life and the teachings of the New Testament. But here's a few, here's a few poems and prayers. Psalm 31:12. How raw this is. I am forgotten as though I were dead. I have become like broken pottery. That's pretty honest. Psalm 69:20. Scorn has broken my heart and has left me helpless. Psalm 38, my back is filled with searing pain. There is no health in my body. I am feeble and utterly crushed. I groan in anguish of heart. My longings lie open before you, Lord. My sighing is not hidden from you. Here's the prophet Jeremiah. Since my people are crushed, I am crushed. 
I mourn and horror grips me. We might look at that as, oh man, like that sounds so desperate and so dark. Actually, I don't mean to quote Bono like twice in a month, but he, he, he did say, he says, you know, when I go to church, sometimes I just, I, I need to hear the blues. I don't always have to get up and jump and dance because sometimes I'm going through something so horrible I just need to sing blues, a gospel blues, a worship blues. And that's what some of these verses are, some of these parts of these prayers are. You know, it amazes me, the Apostle Paul's life, and we could look into his life deeper, but he, on one side, you know, you'll read him say something like this, and you can look this up. He said, I, and this is part of a popular worship song, I'm pressed but not crushed, persecuted, not abandoned, right? He said that, he declared that, and yet there's a moment in his life where he's, he's like out of anxiety and, and wrestling and, and probably torn in his spirit. He's like, God, I've asked you three times to remove this thorn from my flesh, to remove this, this thing that keeps, you know, it's just right in front of me, keeps bothering me over and over again. It weighs me down. God, would you remove this? Yes, he did say, your grace is sufficient for me, but we get a sense he went through a difficult time. Paul declared there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is absolutely true. And yet, we, we read him you know, wrestling when he says, I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I want to do. And there's this tension in his heart. He's like, I don't get why I'm like this. There's something that I, I, sometimes I fall into this. And I'm so glad Paul let us know that there are broken people among us and that he was even one of them. So here's a couple of steps as we, we um, slowly come to a close. The first step, regardless of the extent or cause of our brokenness, and as we, we move forward the next couple of weeks, but the couple of things I want to say is this. If there are broken people among us, don't hide it. Don't hide it. Again, it doesn't mean that every conversation, we bring everybody into our pain. But it means that we have freedom and grace to communicate to one another. Don't hide it. In fact, God doesn't expect you to pretend. God doesn't expect you to pretend when something's going wrong or difficult in your life. Look what, look what we read here, Psalms 34, 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Psalm 51, 7. Here's, here's David, and I mean, it would... This brokenness that he writes out of in Psalm 51 was definitely his decision. I mean, he committed adultery. He ended up seeing, you know, the husband of this woman killed. He was in torment because of the, what, living out of those decisions. So that was part of his, his brokenness. But listen to what he says in Psalm 51, this prayer to that experience. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, God, you will not despise. God doesn't expect us to hide our brokenness. We bring it to him, we bring it to one another. So don't hide it. Secondly, don't go it alone. This call to community, this call to lean in to one another, to, to be able to, to lean on one another as we need to. You know, I, I'd, um, I emailed a bunch of maybe five or six people in our church community about this theme and this topic, and I asked them specifically a bunch of questions. And one of the questions I asked them is, what would you want people to know? What do you want people to hear? Uh, about this theme, about this topic. And these were people I specifically asked because I knew that they've gone through seasons of brokenness. I knew that some of their brokenness was severe. Some of it was very difficult. And here, here's what they said, and I'm, I'm not going to you know, use their names, but here, here's what they said. First person says, 
People need to hear that it's okay to be broken. And this came up a lot in all, the, in all the email responses to me. Basically what they were saying in this specific line came up. People need to know that it's okay not to be okay. That sometimes there's moments where we can just let people know, I'm not doing okay. So that's what one person says. Another person says that people need to hear they're loved and they're never alone. Another person writes, people need to, to know that they, they shouldn't be afraid to reach out. They shouldn't be afraid to reach out to others. And here's one of my favorites. And it comes from someone who's, who's younger and has had their fair share of struggle in their life. And they say, besides Jesus, my greatest resource has been a listening ear and a kind heart. I feel the most cared for when I'm allowed to express my thoughts without fear of judgment, knowing that the other person is going to do their best to help me. It does not have to be a grand gesture. Sometimes it's a simple act like a hug, an encouraging word, a thoughtful gift out of the blue. It goes a long way to provide hope and love in the midst of brokenness. This is literally people from our church community that wrote this that said, this is what people need to hear. This is what I would have needed to hear. Um, one, of the, one of the best, easiest, practical things you can do after today is if you know someone who's going through a difficult time, write them a note, give them a call, let them know. That would go a long way in, what it, in, in encouraging people to know that they're not going it alone. Don't hide it. Don't go it alone. Now, over the next few weeks, we're going to also explore the purpose of brokenness. That what, what, what might God do even in the middle of our brokenness for us? But I want us to end with this truth. These two truths. And it's so vital that we, we grasp this. And the first truth is this. If you're a living, breathing human being, is there anybody who isn't here today? Living, breathing human being? Anybody not human? Right, we're all human. If you're a human being, the scripture says that you bear the image of God. You bear the image of God. That is a truth found in God's heart and his word. That you bear God's image. And this is the beautiful thing. Because this is true of everybody we lock eyes with on the planet. And even if you're here today and you're, you won't consider yourself a Christian or a follower of Jesus at this moment. This is true of you. That you bear God's image. And no amount of brokenness, no wound, no decision can erase that fundamental truth that you bear God's image. You bear God's image. And even if you don't believe it, even if you don't believe it, it is true of you. You bear God's image. C.S. Lewis has a famous line, and he said these words, next to the blessed sacrament itself, your neighbor is the holiest object presented to your senses. Your neighbor is the holiest object presented to your senses. This is true of every single person you and I lock eyes with. You're looking at me? This is true of me too. I, I know it's hard to believe, but I bear God's image. I'm looking at your faces. You bear the image of God. This is true of us, and nothing can take that away. As a Christ follower, as someone who comes to faith in Christ, and, and you know, by that, that response to God's invitation, uh, becomes part of God's family, here's something that's true of you. You're a child of God. First John 1, he says this. Later in his years, John writes these words, how lavished we are that we can be children of God. And he says specifically again, this is what we are, children of God. 
And even as we work out our salvation, even as we grow into Christ-likeness, regardless of where we are at times on that journey, regardless if we're right at the beginning of that journey or 20 years in, or we're in a moment where, where we've even taken a detour, we know we have and, and we're, we're regretful, we're repentive, and, and we know that we've made mistakes and we're not living the fullness of what God wants for us. Here's the beautiful thing. Scripture says as we come to Christ, as we come into Christ and we're part of his family, we are his child, his children. We are loved. And no matter what you've accomplished, no matter where you are on that journey, no matter how mature you've become or how immature you are or where you are in that, the fact that you are a child of God is your identity in Christ. It's my identity in Christ. And and, and here's the reality. There's going to be days, there's going to be days that you are going to be tempted. You're going to be tempted to allow your brokenness to deceive you. You're going to be tempted to allow your brokenness to deceive you into thinking that you can't possibly bear God's image because you're too broken. Or you can't possibly be God's child because he gave you up for adoption or something. He didn't want you. That's not true. There's going to be days when you're going to be tempted to believe that lie. And I want to tell you today, do not believe it. I want you to just know in your heart and even say to yourself, I am an image bearer of God. I am a child of God. We're going to take a moment right now, just before we close, to, to reflect on this. To let this truth sink in. Because it's the beginning of this year, the beginning of this series as well, for the next three or four weeks as we... We, we get into this topic through the scriptures and, and apply this to our lives. I want, us to, I want us to just start with this posture, just knowing this truth about who we are. We're image bearers. We bear the image of God. Yes, in, because of sin and brokenness, that glory, in a sense, as McKnight says, is faded. We can't live out the fullness of that all the time. But in Christ... He's making us new. We're an image bearer. And we're a child. A child of God. Let's take a moment and um, let's let that truth sink in. Let's let the work of the Holy Spirit become alive in our hearts right now. More than my words, more than what I've said. Or Let's let the work of the Holy Spirit work in us. may that truth penetrate our hearts may we know today that we bear your image regardless of who we are or regardless of where we are in a spiritual journey everyone we lock eyes with is made to bear your image and though there's so much so often times where that is marred faded because of sin and brokenness. It's still true. It's still true. And may that truth be rooted deeply in our hearts. Oh God, in this truth that as we come to you through Christ, your son, we're welcomed into your family. We're called your child. How lavished we are that we are your child. God, may this truth, may we be so rooted in it, immersed in it, 
this is who we are. Oh God, I pray for some today that maybe are walking through a really difficult season of brokenness. Maybe they've held it, um, hid it, um, walked through it alone, God. God, I pray that, that you would let them know that you, um, Lord, you would not want them to walk through this alone or hide it. God, help us to be a church community in ways that grows towards uh, walking with each other, supporting each other, being a place of safety for us to share with one another. Thank you for the prayers and the prophets and the teachings that show us in Scripture that we can be honest with you and one another. Thank you for the incredible promise of growth even in these seasons, which we're going to explore. And God, for some today, maybe who are sitting here and they don't know you personally, God, I pray that you would reveal yourself to them. And even in this moment, if this is you listening to me pray and you long to grow in a relationship with God, then I invite you in this moment. That original brokenness keeps us from God, but he sent Christ to open a path to be in relationship with God our Father. Even in this moment, you can respond in faith. Put your faith in his son Jesus, in his work on the cross, his death, his resurrection. And God promises to respond to you. You can begin walking with him and growing in knowledge of him. We want to celebrate that with you and help you walk that path. God, lead us in this, the rest of this series. Help us to be wise and sensitive to your spirit. Um, help us to learn uh, with one another and how we can grow in this as a community, God. God, we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.